Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special best of episode of Official Charts Take the Hit, where we'll be looking back through the highlights of series one. If you're new to us, one, where have you been? And two, you're actually really smart because this is a kind of best bits roundup of the first series so you're getting all the good stuff in one episode if you're not familiar with take the hit yet the format is basically me asking big names in the music world questions based around the uk's best-selling singles of all time the questions are decided at random from our wonderful bingo machine which uh, did give us some grief throughout the series we may have to upgrade for series two Um, so for example if they pull out number 56 the uk's 56th biggest selling single of all time is spice girls wannabe So I might ask them, what did you want to be when you were younger? Get it? You can view the list of the biggest selling singles of all time in the UK on officialcharts.com. And if you're looking for a really random but amazing playlist, it's also available to stream on Spotify, Deezer and Apple Music. So go check it out there. First up and kicking things off for our first series was the brilliant Tom Walker. Uh, This episode came out fresh off his win at the Brit Awards for Best British Breakthrough Act. And his debut album, called What A Time To Be Alive, had just gone in at number one on the official albums chart. So it really was a good time to be alive for Tom Walker. After pulling out number 35 from the machine, now the 35th biggest selling single is The Beatles, Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, I asked him what is the most expensive thing he's bought someone else. And the result was actually a really sweet story. Uh, it's the ring for my fiance is the most expensive oh. thing I've ever bought for somebody. Yeah, and designed. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it wasn't like crazy or anything. It's very. She's she she's not um she's not really flashy person. It's quite simple and elegant because that's you know what she likes. So I didn't spend like loads and loads on it, but I think it's the most I've spent on a on somebody that isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but what a nice thing to have to then buy because sure you don't really feel 
Oh, oh. Oh no, it's not like oh god, I what can't believe I bought that ring for my fiance. I should have uh, I should have nipped down the shop and got something cheaper. No, yeah. I don't feel like that at all. She she loves it. Her face lit up when I gave her it, and it was very nice reaction. So yeah, it was oh, worth it. What was the um, engagement scenario? Um, do not have to tell me. No, no, it's too. all good. I'm quite happy to talk about it. Yeah, we were we went to Sh- so I had like one week off last year, and it was the week that I went to Sri Lanka with Annie, and uh, a, a friend of ours lent was his amazing house, which was this like huge five bedroom house with another outhouse at the bottom with a pool. Um, and we, we were at a gig one night and Annie was talking um, to our friend and, and he was just like, wow, yeah, of course you can just borrow the house. And I was like, yeah, r- really? And eventually he was like, he was like, yeah, absolutely, please go. So I told him all the plans and he got loads of really nice uh, stuff set up, like a couple of bottles of like wine and champagne and stuff. It was, it was so amazing. That's it was so like a nice. ridiculous... Um, so we were down by the pool. It was like the stars. The stars in Sri Lanka are like the most beautiful things you've ever seen. It's like it really does look like one of those pictures you see on on a MacBook screen, oh. <laughs> on a screensaver. And uh, I put on some James Taylor, which is her absolute favourite, and got down on one knee, and that's that's it. Really. Oh, were you nervous? I was the most nervous for that, and I've ever been for anything in my entire life. Like I completely fumbled putting on the song. My three G wasn't working. I was all panicking. She's like. What's going on with you? You're right. I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. Nothing's going on. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Isn't oh, yeah. it weird that because people do get really nervous doing it? Yeah. But I'm sure you wouldn't be asking if you didn't think she wouldn't say yes. Well, totally. I, I mean, it was the first day of the holiday, so I imagine if she said oh, no, God, that's a risk. Like, it was a real gamble. <laughs> it was a really. I mean, but it was bur- it was literally burning a hole in my pocket that ring, and I just I just was like I just need to get this out of the way because it was making me feel weird in all sorts of weird, strange ways. <laughs> I just had to get it had to get it done. Actually, you know what? That probably is better in a sense as well that um, people, she might find it in a suitcase, it might fall out of a suitcase or yeah, bag. Yeah, totally. Like trying to hide it would just keep you nervous. Probably. Yeah, I mean, so, I had, it, had it in sense. my bag the whole way on the plane and I, I was just like, oh God, what if they like get it out on the other side yeah. because it's not VAT registered? I don't know. I just thought something <laughs> was going to go wrong. So <laughs> it all went smoothly, which is very nice. <laughs> ah, isn't he nice? <laughs> Uh, so number 19 also came out and the 19th best-selling single is Will Young's Pop Idol Winners single, Amazing, Anything Is Possible slash Evergreen. In the theme of Anything Is Possible, I asked him what is the next career milestone he's sort of aiming for, given he has achieved so many in the past year. Some milestones have definitely been hit, but there's definitely still a lot left. Um, is there anything in the vague distance... I went like to see so many gigs with my dad at the MEN Arena. Um, I've seen Foo Fighters there and Muse and BB uh, uh, King we saw there. Uh, Amazing. So many artists. I think Prodigy. Like, I've been to see everybody there with my dad. Me and him used to go to concerts all the time. And if I could play at the MEN Arena, you know, where I grew up getting into bands, the reason I'm here doing what I'm doing is because of those gigs. That would just be full circle life complete. You know, that would be the, the <laughs> one. Yeah, was it? Your, was your first gig? Was that with your dad? Uh, my first gig with my dad was actually, uh, it was ACDC in Paris when I was, I think I was either nine or 11 years old. I can't remember which, but I still remember it today. It was an open air, beautiful summer's day in Paris. Uh, there's two huge burlesque ladies either side of the stage and as an 11 year old, I was just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Everyone was wearing light up devil horns. It was, it was absolutely class. That's the moment. That's the moment. I was like, I need to be a guitarist because that looks like so much fun. 
That is an amazing first gig. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I even remember we couldn't figure out like the French ticketing system, so we had to jump the barriers, and it was like this whole ordeal. But it's one of those things that you know, you know, when you recall something, even though it was so long ago, it's so clear in my mind. Yeah. So it obviously had a massive impact on my life, and yeah, I was begging for a guitar every Christmas after that gig. <laughs> so cool. Um, mine was Steps. Steps, which you know, I still think yeah. is. You know, I bet that was a banging gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like steps. Made my dad take me. Sorry, dad. dad. I bet he secretly loved it. <laughs> and it was when steps were in the um, the like red devil capes and horns for bear the devil, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, that really stayed with me apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it must be something about the devil horns, I think. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> Next up was US singer songwriter Sarah Bareilles who I met at Sony's offices in London, and she was promoting her new album called Amidst the Chaos, and the fact that her musical Waitress, which she wrote all the songs for, was kicking off its run in London after a few successful years on Broadway in America. So she was busy. Sarah pulled out number 33 from The Machine, which is Britney Spears' debut single, Baby One More Time. So after we had a, a little fan-out moment with that song, uh, I asked her if there's been a moment in her career she'd like a do-over on. And, my God, she had two great stories for this question. Uh, one involving Taylor Swift and the other about the Obamas. So the 33rd biggest selling single of all time is Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. Yes, girl, get it. Um, number one in February 1999. It was 20 years ago. Oh, jeez. I can remember that very clearly. Oh, yeah, me too. It was everywhere. It was was everywhere it was like it was actually as if an alien had landed from another planet and we Literally. were all like who is this creature like i'm obsessed <laughs> also i don't really trust people that say they don't like that song i know How can you not like that it's song? Just a good song i was talking about this song kind of recently actually i i actually think you just got to give credit where credit's due i mean it's a, a good song is a good song it's and a, a lot song. of those pop songs those super pop songs from the 90s especially they, they were just easily played on a guitar or a piano. Like, they just exist. You know, yeah. we, we were pre-producer like pop, where, where it doesn't really exist outside of the, the actual track. But, um, yeah, no, it's really cool. The, um, my question is, is there a moment in your career so far that you would like a do-over on? Oh, my, this is hilarious. Yes. Uh, I performed with Taylor Swift at her Staples concert, um, and we were doing my song Brave and she was so she's in the arena at Los Angeles in Los Angeles it's massive I don't even know how many people <laughs> 50,000 people probably something like that so really big audience and I had my in-ear monitors in so which is normal for that size stage yeah and I was on the the elevator lift at the back of the stage so so she's introducing me I can hear all this screaming teenage girl fans and so then the elevator starts to go up and I come up and I'm at the top of the stairs at the back of the stage and the crowd's going wild and I hear the music start and the screams are so loud that I could not hear the pitch reference for the song even a little bit I had no clue where the music was I could hear the rhythm but I could not hear the piano at all and I just had to start singing and I picked some notes out of thin air and I could tell immediately that they weren't the right notes and I pulled one of the in-ear monitors out, 
but I couldn't get over, I couldn't hear anything over the screams of the audience. I looked down at the music director, and he looks up at me with this, like, perplexed look on his face, like, what are, <laughs> what noise are you making right now? So I spent the first uh, half of that verse just, like, searching for the pitch of the song. I had no idea where it was. What song was it? Brave. You're doing Brave. Yeah, my song. Was yeah. this, uh, was this the 1989 tour that she did? No, this was a tour I should probably know the name of, but I An don't. Earlier one. Oh, yeah. so this is before she was doing her big, like, presenting to the stage. And she did, like, a phase of... Yeah, well, she was... Yeah, we were in the middle... Of, it was that. It was where oh, right. she was bringing people out every night. Was that the 1989 tour? I think so. Oh, cool. Do I sound old yet? <laughs> <laughs> what are the kids doing these days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty embarrassing. But moved on. And I sort of wish I could do it over. Actually, the part I wish I could do over is how hard I was on myself about it. I was so hard on myself about it that I kind of like didn't have a good time. And I that's the only thing for all you people listening out there, that's the thing I wish I could do over. I don't care about fucking up. I actually care less about fucking up and every time I screw up like that, I always when I get a little ways away from it, I always look back and I'm always like, God, I was just so mean to myself about it. Relax, Sarah. Did you get to meet Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's super sweet, really sweet, very generous host, um, really loving, and um, actually was so sweet about the fact that I was so upset about the song, and she was just really, really loving um, about the whole thing. Looks like, kind. I guess it's one of those things that's very, it's very, like, artist-specific, like, most people can't relate to having an inner monitor and... Like, it's right. something I've never experienced. I can't right. imagine how lost I would feel totally. not being able to hear anything. No, <laughs> but most artists have had something where there's a technology, yeah. uh, like a technological difficulty. And Is that when you keep seeing people on TV like, just ripping out their earpiece? Yeah. You're like, I can't yeah, sometimes. So, yeah, because the sound changes a lot from based on how many people are in the room. Right. So, if you, okay. you might get a, a mix that sounds amazing in your ears, and then the sound changes quite a bit depending on who's in the room um, or at least it did for me <laughs> and likewise is there a, like a really great moment in your career you'd love to relive again if you had the chance oh yeah um, I've had some pretty I think I would love to let's see what oh my gosh there's so many like they're like it feels like champagne bubbles coming up right now <laughs> like all these like memories this is going to sound like I'm bragging but it actually was just like a really um incredible night and talking about Obama again um, but I was at Obama's birthday party at the White House and it was one of the cooler things I've ever gotten wow, to do in my life. Wow, that is really cool. Because it was, it was like everybody turned in their phones it was casual they're in slacks and the kids are in jeans and like it was just a house party it was like. Who, was, who else was there? You name it <laughs> yeah, you name it but it's like, you know That is, I, I can imagine what I'd want to sort of take in the room again. Yeah, I think that's, that's <laughs> part of what I wish I could relive. But it, it's just a beautiful, it was a beautiful reflection of kind of, you know, their, their interests and, and their relationships coming all together. I mean, people, political people, film, sports, journalism, art. Yeah. It was just a, a huge cross-section of all sorts of interesting people. And um, it was just like a cool to be a fly on the wall there. 
For episode three, I spoke to Claire Richards from Steps, who had just come off the back of a successful Steps arena tour of the UK, and I went to that tour, so can confirm it was amazing. And she was also celebrating her debut solo album called My Wildest Dreams, uh, debuting inside the top 10. After pulling out number 58 from the machine, which is Celine Dion's number one from 1997, Think Twice, uh, it gave me the chance to ask her about uh, an upcoming show she's got. It's no big deal. She's just doing uh, a gig at Hyde Park where she's supporting Celine Dion. Uh, incredible. So we asked her about that. 58. So the 58th biggest selling single in the UK yeah. is Celine Dion, Think Twice. <gasps> Which is, you know, turn up for the books that's, that's come out because you're supporting Celine Dion. I know! <laughs> that and is that amazing. was my karaoke song as well back in the day. Was it? Apparently it wasn't meant to be a single here. Wasn't it? No. And they didn't oh. want it to be. Because it wasn't, it was released in America and Canada and it wasn't, it wasn't a hit. But oh. it was huge here. Massive hit. It yeah. was number one for seven weeks in 1994. Yeah. And it sold 1.38 million copies. Amazing. It's only a little bit more than Heartbeat Tragedy. Only a little bit. It's close, isn't it? Um, are you excited for supporting? I can't wait. What's your strategy to meet Celine? And what's? I'm just going to sit outside a dressing room door for like two days, maybe. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her a sticky toffee pudding. I've decided. Why sticky toffee pudding? Because she likes. Have Does you she? not heard her talk about it? No, I haven't. I went to see her. It wasn't last year, the year before, and she talked about sticky toffee pudding for about twenty minutes in between oh. the songs. Oh my god, that's very Celine Dion, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a few months to perfect my recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to stand outside. Yeah. <laughs> Celine, Mrs. Dion, would you like some <laughs> sticky toffee pudding? My question is. Yeah. Is there a moment in your career, for better or for worse, that you've had to turn down a big offer? um yeah I kind of I I did go through a period of time where I just decided that I was gonna do stuff that came my way even if it terrified the life out of me hence why I was on telly eating fire and stuff um it's not really wait what was that on it was an ITV show and I learned how to be a fire performer and I can do that how did i miss this what it was good i should have won i'm just saying is there is there have you been offered anything that you've turned down i don't think so have you been offered the jungle no i went for a meeting once a long long time ago but yeah normally and it was at a time where i had just lost quite a lot of weight but they didn't realize that i had they wanted me to be fat when i went in apparently what (laughs) Yeah. Now that they can request such a thing. <laughs> well, no, that was the excuse I got back. That I was too thin, which oh, um, hell. I know. It's just one of those. But but I'm glad. You know when things like this happen. Yeah. Now, I watch it on TV now, and I love it. I love watching it. And it for the first couple of days, you're going, oh, I could do that. And then after a while, I think, oh God, absolutely not a chance. I no. know I would last two seconds. I don't know about you, but I really want to try Claire's sticky toffee pudding. Uh, I should mention, actually, we recorded this episode at Claire's house, which I still can't believe happened. And she was going to offer us some cake, but she wasn't happy with the way it turned out. I think it was a Victoria sponge. She wasn't happy with how it came out, so she didn't offer it to us. I was gutted. My chat with Claire finished with her coming out with number one from The Machine, so the UK's best-selling single of all time, which is Elton John's Candle in the Wind slash Something About the Way You Look Tonight. It hit the top spot in 1997, of course, and 
I based my question on something about the way you look tonight. Uh, I used it as an opportunity to ask her about the colourful and quite frankly bonkers Steps outfits from over the years. Candle in the Wind slash something about the way you look tonight. Oh, so was it, it was, a double was released as double A side oh. around Princess Diana's death, obviously. For Diana, that's sacred, so I don't really want to touch that song. Right. I did want to reference that you do have a candle that comes with your album, which I have. Yeah, and I, I do it. love a candle. So thanks for doing that. You're welcome. It's in my bathroom. Good. But on something about the way you look tonight. Yes. So Steps had some, I'm going to say outrageous <gasps> outfits. Right. Costumes, yeah. you might say. <laughs> um, did you have a favourite slash were any... A real bloody annoyance. One that comes to mind for me is Deeper Shaded Blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're all blue, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, were there any favourite cost- costumes or real well, nightmares? mine are always generally the same, but in a different colour. So I always went with kind of hipsters. Yes. Whether they yeah. be the big parachute Maharishi trousers. Love trouser, the parachute trousers. And a bikini top. Yeah. So that was... You were good, actually, in that sense. You didn't have to... Yeah, well, no, because I just... That's what I chose. I never wanted to wear a skirt, because I never wore a skirt. Because I hate my legs. Well, no, I hate my legs, and I never, ever wore skirts when I was growing up. So that was my my compromise, which gave my stomach out. Um, So that was always pretty much... One way or another, it was hipsters in a crop top or a bikini top. The Deeper Shade of Blue video was a challenge, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't have that outfit, which is a bit annoying. The, the directors, because they were all kind of custom made for us, they they kept them. Oh. So the, there was the rubber outfit, not great to get on. There was a lot of talcum powder involved. Oh, because didn't that go like round your head? Am I imagining this? No, the, well, the rubber one was the kind of Thunderbirds outfit. Yeah. And they decided that it would be great for us to dance in a rubber outfit on a light box so you can do anything it was hot (laughs) god it wasn't nice and then the other one so that was our kind of alter ego character yeah i was in head to foot lycra and they had this big ponytail coming out the top but to make it stand out there was a block of wood like that inside kind of resting on my head making that go out big and it was like that big it was huge and then there was no zip or anything so I was sealed into it with a you know those clothing tag things that put labels on clothes in a shop they sealed me up with that so once I was in it I was not getting out of it then a corset that was about that big that again that was pulled in tight you really drew the short straw and then the last thing well, there's two more things. The shoes, they wanted the heel to be a nine-inch nail. Then they realised that I wouldn't actually be able to walk. So <laughs> there was a nail. Someone, someone had to carry me everywhere. I once had it on. And then the one thing that I managed to get out of, and they I don't know why they changed their mind in the end, but I'm lying in this like red latex PVC yeah. paddling pool, if you like, and there were little cushions, and they were going to fill it with oil. And that they wanted me to ride around in the oil. Oh there, were, there were cans of it on the set. <laughs> but then at the last minute, someone decided not it was not to do it. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. that would have been... I had contacts in, which weren't comfortable to make my... We had all these weird contacts. You definitely suffered for your art. Yeah. On this one, I mean, I at least I wasn't painted blue or gold. 
like Lisa and H. Yeah. That that was a struggle for them to get that off. And the gold thing, because apparently if you you have to leave a patch of skin, because if you you can suffocate if you completely cover yourself in. Oh really? Gold. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Good to know. It's in a James Bond film as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just every day is a school day. Know, there you go. You learn and something new. Was de- definitely got more and more glittery as mm. time went on. It felt because I remember every single had a different look completely yeah because initially when so when we first started there wasn't really any boy girl bands no there wasn't any there wasn't but there was lots of girl bands and there were lots of boy bands and they all used to dress the same back in those days so we were like well we can't do that because the boys you know we're not we're just not going to wear the same stuff so our, our only way of tying us together so everyone knew we were a band was the color so we would choose a colour and then go with that. So in the beginning, it was very much about finding stuff that there was the same colour. Yeah. But then as we went on, we would just go and buy a massive roll of fabric and be like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. <laughs> just cut this to <laughs> yeah. size. And, we used to, and, and we can never ever say that we were forced to wear anything because we really weren't. It was all down to us. We'd say, you know, I want these trousers made in that fabric and that's how we that's how we did it oh. for a long time now it's a little bit more sophisticated than that yeah. but i suppose it's good with deep shade of blue because it really sticks out in people's minds even now that video yeah I and i think it actually if you watch it now it stands up it's yeah. not it yeah, doesn't it does. look dated yeah. at all it it was a that was a really good video it was one of that was i'd say that's probably our best video so and i don't think it looks nearly 20 years old no, it looks expensive yeah yeah, probably was, was. Yeah. <laughs> probably was the most expensive one for episode four i met up with london singer songwriter freya ridings uh, who's probably best known for her hit song lost without you it became a huge hit on the official chart last summer after featuring on love island and take the hit game aside i had to clear up a recent personal discovery about the ridings family um, where her dad actually voices a key character in peppa pig it just reminded me, I read, and again, this is probably widely known. What is that? But I read that your dad is the Peppa Pig. Yeah, uh, Daddy Pig. The voice of Daddy Pig. Daddy Pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an amazing, like, sort of dinner party story to be able to tell everyone. It's really By cool. the way, I am Daddy Pig. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really tell people. It's like when you kind of go around the supermarket, you'll just see little people, like, they can hear it, they don't know where it's coming from, and they're like, where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? And most of the time, like, it's so funny at like, parties, like, sort of cues form of, like, mums being like, can I get a voice message? And it's just so oh. sweet, just that. It's like, he has a superpower. He can make little people really happy. Did he have any idea what he was getting himself into when he did this? No. And how did he? We know the family who, like, created it. And right. they were just a lovely, really creative family. And they just came up with this brilliant idea. And it was such a small niche thing for such a long time. I remember he came home when I was, like, 12. And was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. He does loads of weird, like, you know, he was, like... I don't know, a tortoise or something in this like video game. It was big. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just weird things where he comes home and it's like, oh, I'm a pig. I'm talking about pigs and a dinosaur. And I was like, that sounds like it's never going to take off. <laughs> and they're like, this massive thing. I'm like, I was wrong. As well as that, I got to ask her about the most bonkers song she's made for her debut album after she came out with number three from The Machine. The very bonkers Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Well, it's a bit of a bonkers song, to yeah. say the least. Number one twice. Yeah. In nineteen seventy five and nineteen ninety one, I think. Yeah. Um, I love it. My question based off it was, is there a really bonkers song that you've written 
that you haven't kind of you're not putting out or you've just made ones and went what the hell is that actually there's a song that is actually going to be the first song on the album and it's quite like gothic and intense and I remember writing it being like this is way too like out there it's not cool like it's like it's a bit it's got some sort of like vampire imagery in it because it's like really sort of like gothic-y and like quirky and not not what I thought a pop single would ever be but I just wrote it being like I just really like this kind of like music with this sort of like Celtic sort of inspired but basically <laughs> in my head there were drums but I didn't have a drummer so on the piano I just go do 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 like a drum <laughs> and it's really sad but at the same time now it's te- now I actually get to play it on stage with like this incredible drummer and like a whole band that comes to life and I feel like at the time of writing it I was really like embarrassed and being like it's just this weird like gothic kind of it doesn't really have a normal pop structure right it's a bit creepy but i love playing it so and it's on the album <laughs> it's gonna be the first it's gonna open the album oh nice <laughs> oh my god i can't wait I'm really <laughs> closing out our first series of take the hit i like to think it was in style because it was with scott mills who is of course the host of the official chart show on radio one he's also the host of the semi-finals of the eurovision song contest with rylan uh, which is something we got to talk about when he pulled out number 19. That number 19 again, Will Young, Evergreen, slash anything is possible. Uh, I got to ask him about his hopes for the future, what he's aiming for next in his career. 19. 19. So, 19th best-selling single of all time is Will Young, anything is possible, slash Evergreen. Of all time? Of all time. Number one in 2002. Wow, that was... million sales. Yeah, that was, that was the time when um, Pop Idol was huge. What a ridiculously big moment. <laughs> Didn't it get more votes than the general election or mm-hmm. something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? I remember, because um, I was working here then, uh, I remember uh, going outside Radio Warman, it used to be in the old building down the road, and um, Gareth Gates' battle van was there, the battle, the battle bus, bus, where they used to go around everywhere with this <laughs> massive picture of his face on. <laughs> I know, um, but if you think about it, that whole phenomenon at the time, because it wasn't like I felt like we'd never really had singing competitions, or not for a, not no, in our generation. Not big, flashy, exciting no. things like that. No. And it, I remember it being such an event to watch, and literally, it felt at, that, at those times and and early days of X Factor that everyone was watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was event television. Yeah. So I, I, I can't go out. It's a bit like in um, in Sweden, they have. Um, uh, a contest every year to find the person that to represent Sweden at Eurovision Melody Festivalen, and seventy percent of the country watch it. So if you go out, into, if you go out for dinner in Stockholm on a Saturday night, which I have done, like where is everyone? And they're just like, we're all watching Melody Festivalen. That's what it used to be like with Pop Idol. Wow. Yeah, it was literally it was like you had to watch it, and yeah. and and, and um, I seem to remember being quite gutted when Gareth didn't win. Even though Will was yeah. probably the better artist. Yeah, I remember being a bit kind of I was, confused. I, and I, I voted. Like, no, I, 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 there's the first time I've ever voted <laughs> and the last time I've ever voted for anything. Didn't Simon Cowell storm off or something? He was no, not happy. No, I'll tell you that what that was. Uh, that, well, I probably did. But do you remember... Oh, Simon, was it Simon Cowell? Yeah, no, the we, I think it was the year after... Michelle McManus. Michelle McManus and Pete Waterman stormed he off. He did, yeah. Because he was not happy. So he actually, Gosh. yeah. Public had spoken. I know. Um, so my question is, based on this, yes. Um, I'm going with anything is possible. What else is? Is there something you really want to achieve still in your career? Is there something you're still aiming towards? Mm. Not the ever will, but I, if if Graham Norton ever leaves Eurovision, 
because I already do the semi-finals True. on TV with Rylan and again this year if not that I'm wishing you any harm Graham but if uh, <laughs> but if he were to leave then I would like to do the main, the final surely you're next in line for that well you never know you never know these I guess but I think that would be really fun because be good. there's a pressure with that job though there is but obviously I've already got the I've, I already do it on the two, I mean, a lot of people don't realise there are semi-finals, but there are. Yeah. So uh, on the Tuesday and the Thursday, I actually think that semi-finals are better because you get to see the really bad ones. Yeah, exactly. The ones the that don't, Mr. the ones that don't get through to the yeah. final, Bosnia, etc. Always Montenegro. Yeah. But you know, some of them are deliciously bad. And um, what was sad they don't get through. So, yeah, I so know. People really see them. So I get to see all the all of them. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of, I would be ready for it when that time, if it, if it ever came, yeah. Scott also pulled out number 22 from the bingo machine, which is Mark Ronson's Uptown Funk. And that led me to ask him about the last all-nighter he'd pulled, which quite frankly sounded ridiculous. <laughs> was this last night? No, it wasn't last night. <laughs> um, probably the Brits, actually. The Brits. It was late, yeah. It's always a good night. Always good. I went to the Universal Party... Oh, I mean, half a night I was trying to get one of my friends in. It was horrendous, and he lost his ticket. So I was just like outside oh, waiting, going, "Please let us in." But it was all out. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so annoying. But um, yeah, that was the Brits was good this year. Wasn't Sheik playing at? No, Nile Rogers playing. Yeah, Nile Rogers, amazing. And then there was a bit where because Grimmy was like, "Come and watch me DJ," and Nick Grimshaw. So I was like, "Okay, cool." So I went in to the party with him. Then I got chatting to people. He went up to DJ. So then I'm chatting away, and the next thing I know, I go up to see him, and he's DJing with Mel C from the Spice Girls, <laughs> and she's playing the Spice Girls. So she's playing Wannabe, <laughs> her own song, right. at the party, and I'm like, that's just weird. <laughs> but um, weird things like that do happen at the Brits after shows, really. That, that Uptown Funk song is a very good record, but it does remind me of um, playing corporate gigs. Oh like, yeah, that's like definitely the, a corporate gig like song. The, yeah, they love well. it. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, it's the a wedding the, wedding party song. Uh, the River Island Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. It goes down a tree. There's men with like swinging their ties around their heads. So it yeah. just reminds me of like middle-aged men dancing. Yeah, really. it's the one song they know. Which is annoying because it's actually a, a cool song. It's a really good song. Yeah, you can't, but it's undeniably the, good. It's the same though as um, I associate. I got a feeling Black Eyed Peas also in that bracket. Yeah. you can't go wrong if you play it. Everyone knows it. Grands know it. Like young people know it. Middle-aged people know it yeah. because it's an easy song to know. One of those songs that just cut through to everybody. But if you ever come and see me at your, at your work's Christmas party, if I'm playing there, they'll both be played. Just let you know. <laughs> but at parties like the Brits, do because obviously people are coming in really one at a time. Mm. Do, do people just constantly come up and say hello and have chats? Do you get a moment um, peace? Yeah, um, a friend. Generally, or? if it's if it's artists, they're they're being like pulled here, there, everywhere. So all you can go is go, hi, 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 and that's it, and they're gone. Um, that happened yeah. with Lewis Capaldi, actually, this year. I was just like, oh, can you not stay and talk? And yeah. he's like, no, I've got to go and do this. So you don't actually really see, with artists, you don't really see them. They're kind of being dragged around doing right. various interviews. But it's um, it's fun just to see people um, that you might not see all the time from the industry, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good night. Oh, nice. And have you been to any of 
So I've heard this on the grapevine through people at Newsbeat and stuff. You know, we work a lot with you guys at Radio mm. More, obviously. Mm. Uh, Nick Grimshaw has some infamous house parties, I hear. Mm. <laughs> have you been to any of those? I have. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> I can actually who's who of yeah. seriously famous people. I think uh, at this one we had Tom Daly, Florence. I can't remember who else, but it was just a it was a beautiful thing. Just watching Florence asking ask Tom Daly about diving, uh, it was just <laughs> such an odd combo. And I think I think she then offered. He was like, can, she was like, can you show me how to dive in in, in the bath? And he was like, no. I seem to remember <laughs> don't that do thing. That. No, don't do that, everyone. Um, but yeah, that was a weird party. I've yeah. not been to one for a while, though. To be fair, I don't even know if he has them anymore. They sound lethal. They sound. I don't know if he has them or whether I'm just not invited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, everyone, find a way to get an invite to one of Nick Grimshaw's house parties, because they sound amazing. <laughs> uh, that's it from this series highlights episode of Official Charts Take the Hit. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please rate us and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts from. It would be really appreciated. Uh, we'll be back very soon for series two. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Official Charts. And head over to officialcharts.com where you can see the weekly singles and albums charts as heard on Radio 1. Plus, there's loads of other news and features and chart facts and every charty thing you can think of is hopefully on that site somewhere. Thanks, everyone, and please join us again very soon. 